Hey guys, welcome back to Courtside. My name is Sava, and today I have a very special guest, Chris from Courtside Crossover. How are you doing today, Chris? Sava, what's going on, brother? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on your show, man. I appreciate it. Glad, happy to be here. Of course, man. Anytime. I've been in your show before. Uh, for those of you yeah. guys who don't know, Chris is a fellow podcaster, has a great show. And last time we met, we were kind of chatting about the, you know, how the season be going so far, but we did it a little bit early in the season. I feel like it was like what, like five, six, seven, maybe eight games in. So it might have been, it might have been like the first week and a half. So it might, it might have been like three or four games in. It really wasn't a lot. It was early. It was early on. Was early. Right. I, I definitely remember there was still like undefeated teams and stuff. So because the Bulls was like four and one or something like that. So it was, it was early. Right. It was, it was very early. So, and we, we tried to make some conclusions, but you know, obviously with the limited samples, it was a little hard, but still a great conversation. So in the way I want to continue this conversation today and the show that we're going to have today, we're going to title it fakers versus real playoff makers. I got you. I got I like so, that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yup. A little, a little twist on it. So we're going to talk about four teams uh, that in my eyes been overperforming a little bit like some of them were not supposed to be good at all and some of them were supposed to be good but maybe not as good as they are right now so i want to ask you a question about those teams see how you feel about them if you feel like the success is sustainable and basically what's in store for those teams for sure let's do it let's do it all right man all right so let's start with the one that's started real hot and been falling off a little bit but still definitely showed a lot of uh great games uh a team that's fun to watch that I couldn't expect to be fun to watch. We're going to talk about the Cavs. Cavs okay. are currently nine and nine. And, Oof. you know, they're nine and nine now before the season. I mean, literally when we were doing the show, like first couple of weeks, they were on the run. They were like a first or second team in the, in the league for a while. And now, now it evens out a little bit, but still they almost beat the Nets last night. So there's a lot to talk about. How do you feel about the Cavs so far? <clears throat> Well, yeah, like you said, the last time well, when you were on my show, I was been probably a couple of weeks ago now. Um, excuse me, the, <clears throat> the Cavs were up towards the top of the conference, uh, Eastern Conference, definitely. Now they're nine and nine, and I gotta say, I expected that. I did not expect that team to keep it going. I mean, you know how the NBA is. They're young teams. It's hard for young teams to win in this league. You know what I mean? To really keep it going, mm-hmm. they've got a pretty young team there, and um in Cleveland. They, they got some young talent there. So I just didn't really expect them to keep it going the way they were. I mean, they were out the gate. Like I want to say, you know, somewhere around like six and three or something like that, like pretty mm-hmm. early on. So I'm not surprised that, you know, once some of the better teams like the Nets who started off with a struggle started because the Nets are in, in first place in the Eastern conference now, like, and it's kind of quiet though. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I figure once teams like that kind of started getting their gatherings about them, the, you'd see the Cavs kind of fall back down. That's what we've seen. They're in 10th place in the East right now. So that's kind of where I expect them to be throughout the year and possibly even lower than that. Gotcha. So you feel like they're going to be – like they're going to keep falling off of the playoff picture, basically. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to take for a lot – I mean, they're going to have to have, you know, four or five teams ahead of them really go through some long struggles, long losing streaks – for them to make any type of progress. And even, I mean, they might, I mean, since, you know, we have to play in now, so they may be able to get, you know, between seven and 10, but even that's going to be tough because now you got the Hawks starting to come back up. They're back at 500. The Hawks were like four games under 500 at one point. So they're mm-hmm. starting to come back up and they're both nine and nine, you know, them and the Cavs. 
So I would definitely pick Atlanta over Cleveland as far as who I think would go further in the season. So I just don't yeah, see everyone would. Yeah. Exactly. After what they did last year, of course. So I just don't think Cleveland is going to have what it takes. They're just too young. They're, they're a very young team. It's hard for young teams to really win in this league. Atlanta's young too. They got a little bit of vet, veteran leadership there as well, but I just don't see the Cavs continuing what they did early on. Right. I agree. And I feel like for the Cavs, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, even yeah. doing what they're doing right now, and if you remember, last year was kind of similar. They started the season in a similar fashion. They were like, they were on the run. They were one of the last undefeated teams as well last season. And then we know what happened. So, exactly. you know, as you said, it is hard to win a lot of games if you're a young team. It is a marathon, not a race. So it's easy to start hot, especially when the team's still rebuilding, still figuring out the new pieces. So with the Cavs, what do you feel like? Let's say that's how they're going to end up the season, you know, somewhere let's say on the 10th, you know, so they, they get get a, a whiff of the playoff action with a play-in, um, but obviously not going to make it far. What is the next step for them? What do they do going forward? Well, as far as you, you I'm sorry, I you talk, I was looking at my camera. Uh, for, for the Cavs, um, I mean, for the Cavs, they really just got to keep, in my opinion, they got to keep drafting well. You know what I mean? As mm-hmm. far as that next step. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I, okay. I can't see you, but I can hear yeah, you. Yeah, the kit. I'm sorry, the the camera froze. You froze too. Okay. Um. Yeah, the Cavs. I just think they have to keep drafting well. I mean, you know how it is with with Cleveland. Even when LeBron was there, they couldn't get free agents there, right? So mm-hmm. they're never going to really be able to do that. So they either going to have to trade for guys like they did in the off season, or just keep drafting like they've been doing. So that's really the only way that you're going to win. <laughs> and, and, you know, some a lot of these smaller markets, like in Cleveland, they happen to be able to draft LeBron James, who was, you know, from the area, basically, back in 2003. And we saw that turned out for them over time. Unless they, you know, come into something like that again, I don't know if they'll ever be back in the position they were when he was there. But as far as just, you know, contending, at least, you know, you that you can contend from year to year. So they're just going to have to keep drafting and doing what they're doing. In, in my opinion, and that's kind of how they go move forward from here and, you know, take all these lumps and bruises as learning lessons, you know, try to keep a core group together. Maybe you get lucky and kind of do what the Warriors did. And I'm not saying that's not, that doesn't happen all the time, obviously, but maybe you get a little lucky and do what the Warriors or what OKC did back in the day with Harden, Westbrook and Durant. You know? Right. Anyway. That's a good point. Now, speaking of the draft with Mobley, do you feel like it's the best pick they should have had or, because right now it's working out with Jared Allen and Mobley, but do you feel like that's what they should have done or should have done something different in the draft from what we're seeing right now, obviously? No, I think I think Mobley's going to be a great player. Um, I think they, I mean, right now, him like you said, him and Allen are working out. I don't know if that really works for the long run as far as the, I guess you want to, I guess if you say like we used to have back in the day, the whole Twin Towers thing, I don't know if that really works in today's NBA just because it's such a perimeter oriented um game as far as guards go I mean, you either have a, a great guard or two or you have that wing player um a small forward so but i think for right now while this team is learning and growing you know you see how this works out for the most part see how it works out and eventually one of these guys probably ends up as uh as draft bait because jared allen he's still pretty young himself so one of these guys probably ends up as draft bait and then you can bring something maybe maybe bring another really talented guard in there they already have a couple there but 
again, they're, this team is just going to have to uh, grow and learn because they're very young. They're going to lose a lot of games. Um, they're 500 right now. I would be surprised if they ended the season at or above 500, to be very honest with you. I think for them, if they're within even five games of being 500, I think that's a plus for the Cavs this season because we know what has basically happened to them, you know, both times after LeBron has left them. So we know how bad it's been once LeBron leaves really any team, especially left Cleveland twice now. So we know how that has worked out for the Cavaliers. So what they're doing so far at being at 500, if they can stay, if they can just hover at 500 all year, I mean, I think that's big, especially on a young team like this. And that might get them into the plan, hovering at 500. That might get them into plan. You get a break or two. Now you're the eighth seed, maybe the seventh seed, and you go from there. Right. Yeah, that would, that would be a huge win for them, honestly. So I feel like you made it pretty clear, but final verdict for the Cavs. Fakers or the real playoff makers? Um, yeah, they, they fakers right now. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> Cleveland. I'm sorry. And, you know, I got to tell you this. So, as you know, I write for Deadspin. Um, Cleveland, people in Cleveland, they love to get on my line because I haven't been very kind to uh, Baker Mayfield this season as far as football goes. And um, mm-hmm. so – this is just one more reason for anybody from Cleveland to um, not like me. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Making enemies right there. I'm, I'm uh, not trying to. Hey, I'm just telling the truth. That's all. I'm no, doing. no. I mean, you, you've been objective in my opinion, honestly. There, there's nothing, nothing ridiculous. You know? But now they're booing Baker Mayfield. So now they feel like I feel they should have been booing him. <laughs> you know, story for another day. All right, man. So let's move on to the next team. This one's going to be a little harder. Oh. So we're going to talk about the Wizards. Woo! I was waiting 11, for this. <laughs> Eleven and six right now. Um, I don't think anybody could have called it. I mean, all of the memes before the season that that was like the bottom of the bottom team. Nobody yes. expected, not even playing, mm. let alone the playoffs. No, eleven and six now. Fakers are the real playoff makers. <clears throat> Damn, this was tough for me because they started off so hot. You know what I mean? And now they've fallen back a little bit. They they were number one in the East, you know, just about a week ago. They were like, I think, eight and three. Now they're yeah. 11 and six. So that means they've gone like three and three over the last week or so, uh, last probably week and a half or so, I would say. <clears throat> so I'm going to say they are playoff makers. I don't see them. I think they have enough talent there around uh, Bradley Beal to mm-hmm. stay very competitive in the East now. As far as them, when they were number one, I didn't know if that would last all year. Obviously, it hasn't. Like I said, the Nets are back in, you know, in first place now in the East. I believe Washington has fallen to like third or fourth somewhere in there. But I think that's about the range they should be, somewhere between maybe third and sixth, that, that sixth spot. So I think they'll miss – as long as they stay primarily healthy with the core pieces they have now, I think they'll stay – um, primarily in that three to six range and miss the plan. So they just get a, a regular playoff spot. <clears throat> but for them, it's going to be big to try. I think that would be a big step if they could get a top four seed and, you know, have, have that home court in the first round of the playoffs. I think that would be big for them. Then they might actually get out of the first round of the playoffs. And I think that, you know, even if they, you know, run into Milwaukee or um, Miami or Brooklyn after that, nobody expects them to be any of those teams. Mm-hmm. they get out of the first round i think that's a win for them and you build again you just build and you go from there i got you i got you all right so two questions about the wizards right okay. now first of all 
the current success, how does that affect the Bradley Beal situation? Do you feel like it's going to make it better? And I mean, he never publicly said that he won out, but yeah. it was kind of assumed that he won out. Do you feel like with the success or with the new young core that they have, it changes anything and Beal's going to stay there long term? Or do you think like he still secretly wants out? How do you feel about that? You know what? That's a really good question. And I'll be honest, I had not thought about that. I mean, because this is all we've been hearing for like almost a year now, right? It seems mm-hmm. like a year, a full year we've been hearing, oh, Bradley Beal's out of there. He's gone. He's never publicly, like you just alluded to or just said, he <laughs> hasn't come out yet publicly and said, I want to trade. He hasn't done the Ben Simmons thing, not nearly, and said, I want to trade. Not I want out of here. What? <laughs> not even close. Yeah, not even close. So it's, I think it, I think there is a, a possibility that he could stay, but I mean, this season is going to be big in determining, you know, where they finish and what the outlook is on the pieces around him. Because since you're, what I don't know how much flexibility they're going to have to actually go out and maybe bring in another big name because they have some good, nice pieces around him, but they don't have another star. You know what I mean? Around him right right now. There's no other star. Um, uh, Kyle Kuzma. um, What is it? uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope. um, Those guys are good, but they're not stars. And um, I'm forgetting forgetting my man's name. That was with the Clippers and the Lakers. Spencer Jewity. Oh, Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell and Spencer Dinwiddie. Both of you. I forgot about my boy Spencer. They're all very good players. Don't get me wrong. But none of them are stars. They're not superstars. Bradley Beal is the star on that team. He doesn't have another star, so it's going to be really tough. You know, in the NBA, you need at least one or two stars to really have a chance to really compete to be one of the, you know, top four to six teams. In at the least league. two, in my opinion. At least two. You know, now, if you got a third like Brooklyn does right now, then, you know, more power to you. But that, you know, if you got two, you got a really good shot. They got one right now with a bunch of, you know, B to B plus type players around him. But that doesn't usually cut it as far as winning a championship. Now, if you just want to make the playoffs every year, okay, that's fine. But as far as, you know, going to the Eastern Conference Finals and to the finals, it's going to be tough. So I think this year is going to play a big part for him. But ultimately, I think we end up seeing him leave Washington eventually because I just don't think they're going to be able to do enough to bring another star in there. You know what I mean? I mean, there was talk when Kevin Durant was a free agent about him possibly going home because he's from the D.C. area. Mm. obviously that did not happen he's in brooklyn now with the nets so i just don't know who or if they would even be able to get another star in there to help him out so i think eventually all these guys you know for the most part these guys want to win you know they make a lot of money regardless but they want to win and bill is getting to the point where he's been in the league quite a few years now you know he's had a a nice contract or two so far he's going to get another really big contract coming here soon Mm-hmm. So eventually, he, he, he you want to win. You know what I mean? Before it becomes too late and you're kind of over the hill. Now you're just chasing it because you have no choice. you got to go right. team up with, with somebody else that can probably get you there. So I think, yeah, I, I just I don't see him. Honestly, I don't see him staying for the long term. I mean, unless they had a great run this year. they But right. I mean, by a great run, they'd have to get to the Eastern Conference Finals at least, I think. Right. To, for okay. a great run. That's what I think. Okay. No, that's, that's reasonable. I mean, I, I would probably agree personally. I feel like yeah. it's a matter of time with him, but I guess we're going to see. Now, the second question about the Wizards, Kyle Kuzma. And the whole narrative, I, I just want I just want to hear your thoughts about it. The whole conversation about, you know, with the Lakers, he couldn't play. 
had to play with LeBron and this and that. Yeah. And he was garbage, averaging 12.9 points per game. And now yeah. Kyle Kuzma is flourishing, quote unquote, in the Washington, averaging 13 and a half points. Well, he did step up big in the rebounds. He went from six to nine and a half. Impressive. That's really good. I'll give you that. <laughs> but outside of the rebounds, basically the same stats. How do you feel? Do you feel like – is there something to this narrative or do, are we seeing the same Kyle Kuzma? How do you feel? Personally, I don't think he's a bad player. <clears throat> I didn't think he was a bad player in, um, in, in Los Angeles. I just didn't. I mean, you, we've seen this before with LeBron. The role players, you know, they're going to – when – when LeBron's teams lose, the role players, you know, it's always going to be at least one or two of them that get, oh, well, he's not that good. He can't play. Kyle Kuzma can play. He's not – now, he's not a star, okay? He, and, and coming out, he there may have been more – actually, there was more expected of him than we've seen from him even now in Washington. But I think he's with a pretty good group here for him. I just think for, sometimes it's it's hard for – role players to really shine playing with LeBron. You know what I mean? Because LeBron is like most of this era, one of those guys who needs to have the ball in his hands and he's going to do most of the, most of the lifting as far as the scoring, the scoring and things like that go um, offensively, at least on whatever team he's on, the ball is going to go through him all the time. I think now Kuzma is in a better situation for him to be able to, you know, kind of show off what he can do. Now, he's only averaging, what you say, 13 and a half points a game now? Yeah. And, um, so, I mean, not even a full point more than what he was really, than what he was doing in L.A., but I think the the flow of the game is probably coming to him a little easier now. And, and it's a lot of pressure playing with LeBron. Let's be honest. There's a right. lot of pressure when you play with LeBron James. There just is. There's no way around that, no matter who you are. There were, I don't care if you're even the second star on the team, and we know Kuzma was not that. They wanted him to become the third star, but that never really, you know, came to fruition. So now he's in a position where he can be what, like the third, fourth option in um, as far as the Wizards go. And I think that's a good, good position for him. I really do. And being in the East, it's not even though the East has gotten a lot better over the last couple of years, it's still not quite as stacked, I would probably say, as the West for the mm-hmm. most part. But it's, it's, it's a lot more even and balanced at this point, I would say, but for, for Kuzma, um, I don't think he, you know, some people think he's trapped. I don't think he's trapped. I think he's a good player. No, he's not. I, I think he, but I mean, there are people out there that think he's just like, Oh, he's nothing. And I'm like, no, he's, he's a good player. He, he, he's not great. He's not, you know, he's not a guy. Now he can be inconsistent like he was with the Lakers, you know, especially when he was with the Lakers, you know, it'd be one night he might give you 19 another night he might give you seven. So you just mm-hmm. didn't really know with him. But again, he's also still a young player, too. I think he's still kind of growing into himself. And I think eventually, if he stays here in Washington with this group, you know, whether Bill is there or not, I think we'll see him grow into a little bit more. Now, I like the aspect of him, you know, hitting the boards more. I mean, he's a he's a bit not I don't say big, but he's a tall guy. He should be grabbing, you know, at least seven to eight rebounds a game. You said he's grabbing nine and a half. So I, I think half. that's that's something, you know, people just a lot of people just look at scoring, you know, you know, hoop. I, we talk hoop all the time. There's more to it than just scoring. Somebody has to do something else than just score the ball all the time. Right. Right. The fact that he's averaging almost a double double for the most part, that says a lot to me that that says a lot. You know, I don't know if 
it's a matter of maybe him getting in the weight room over the summer, getting a little stronger down low. But you need someone to be down there doing a little bit of the dirty work. I'm glad to see that he's taking that on. I think the offense will come around a little bit more. If he could get up at some point to around 15, you know, to 17 points per game, I think that's really a nice little area for him. I don't expect much more out of him than that. I don't expect him to be a perennial 20 plus point per night guy. I just don't right. see that in his game. Right. I, Not I 20 plus, but I, I, I see him going up to 18 eventually, you know, yeah. Yeah. 17. I, I, I feel like he's got it in him. And with the rebounds, I mean, I feel like it's also the change with the Wizards, the bigs that they have. You know, yeah. they don't have Dwight Howard. They don't have JL McGee, you know, or even LeBron James, who exactly. know, grabs a lot of boards as well. So I feel like he made a solid progress. It is, he's definitely not trash, but at the no. same time, yeah. Like the whole point, unless you're an established star in this league, playing with LeBron James, it's hard to have success as something more than a role player. Yep. Like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember a single player who wasn't like an all-star and established an all-star who played with LeBron and grew from like a role player to a star. No, I mean, you're absolutely correct. I don't remember one either. I mean, we know LeBron, especially, you know, I guess you'd say over the last decade, he doesn't really want to play with really young guys. I mean, you Mm -hmm. know, what did he do immediately when he got back to Cleveland from Miami? What, what he, There's a cleanup. He he brought back he brought back James Jones, Mike Miller. He, yeah. <laughs> even and, and then Anderson, they, they traded yeah. Andrew Wiggins and got um Kevin Love, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he wants to play with veterans because he wants to win. He knows you can't. He was once a young guy, and he it was hard, as great as he was and is. It was hard for him to win in the East for a long time, and then even once he got to the finals the first time in uh in Cleveland, they got swept by the by the Spurs you know they didn't have a shot now it was almost a miracle that they even got out of the east that year honestly I mean no one expected that but at that point at least out of him but still it's hard like like we talked about a few minutes ago it's hard for young teams to win in this league so LeBron he has the basketball IQ and he knows that he's been through it he's been in the league almost 20 years now he wants to play with guys that one know how to win two know how to play and have been in the league for quite a while and three, you know, that fit, you know, at least to him, fit well around him. Now, we may not always see the fit with guys he brings in, like, you know, a Russell Westbrook. A lot of people didn't see that fit. And, it's, you know, it's eh, been kind of shaky so far. But he knows what he needs around him for the most part. And, hey, four titles, four finals MVPs, all these things, four league MVPs, kind of says he knows what he's doing. Right. <laughs> so I no, 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 for wrong. sure. He that. definitely knows. All right, let me let me stir the conversation away from LeBron real quick. Okay. Um, <laughs> the last point in the Wizards, a little curveball. Right now they're losing about twenty points to the Pelicans, so that's kind of weird. But yeah, but you still stand. I don't know points. about that. <laughs> Real playoff makers, right? You you still stand on your point. The the Wizards are the real playoff makers. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think they'll be in the playoffs. <clears throat> I mean, okay. I'm just, you know, I was looking at it a, a second ago and I'm just like, yeah, I don't see them. I mean, they might be losing right now, but, you know, it's a long season, like you said earlier, and mm-hmm. you're going to you're going to lose. Game. I mean, the Warriors are 15 and two and they lost the, the Hornets a week or two ago. All right? right. 
So, I mean, you're not going to go 82 and no. It just does, it don't happen it like that. Happen. You're not, right. and, and teams don't win 72 and 73 games every damn year. That's why it's so rare. And when that happens, people get excited about it because you don't see it often. You're going to lose at the least 15 to 20 games for the most part, most years. So, yeah. But the Wizards will be there at the end as far as the playoffs go. Um, I don't see them going really far, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, in my opinion, for them, the ceiling is kind of replicating what Atlanta Hawks did uh, like five years ago when they were the first seed and they didn't really have stars on the team. You know, when they had Kyle Corver yeah. and like all of those guys. And I remember that some, team. Some sort of that. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. And they got swept by the Cavs. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone did at that point in the East. So true. Very true. Uh, <laughs> very right. true i'll give you that next team next team and i i hate that i have to bring this one to the conversation uh, but i know who it is already <laughs> no i don't feel no, 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 no it's not who you think it is okay no, chicago bulls that's who i thought it was <laughs> okay i thought i, I thought you're gonna be the other one too. lakers yeah 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 Ooh, yeah the bulls, bulls. the bulls 12 the and bulls. six right now um i wouldn't even question them honestly personally if not for the two huge blowouts one to the warriors which okay you play in the warriors you know it's tough the best team in the league right now and then the pacers and i I was there i went to the game oh (laughs) did you yeah it's personal oh man the only game i saw live this year was atrocious uh, I mean, getting blown up by like 30 by Pacers, that was it was not expected. And just like you said, you can't win them all. There's no. going to be games that you lost. And so far in the season for the Bulls, all of the games that they lost before made sense. I feel like there were like two losses to the Sixers, Warriors, Knicks. I'm forgetting somebody else and the Pacers. Yeah. So with the Bulls, how do you feel so far? Do you feel like... They still gonna right now. They, I think, the second and the third in the east. Is that the spot for them, or are we seeing a downfall? No, I don't, I don't see a downfall. Um, they're around third place, something like that in the east right now. I think that's about where they'll stay somewhere between you know, two, somewhere between two and five, somewhere, somewhere in there. I think that's about right for them. Um, this Bulls team is good, you know what I mean, and they're not. I know they just brought a lot of these pieces together this year, but they're not a super young team. They're not super old, obviously, but they're not a super young team like the Cavs to where I don't think they can keep it together. You know, they're going to lose again a few games here or there. So, I mean, you talk about the Warriors. The Warriors are just the best team in the league right now. Right. <laughs> I mean, now they got blown out, but there's no shame in that. The Warriors – Honestly, the Warriors look like, I don't, want, I don't want to get off track here, but the Warriors look like they did back before Kevin Durant, okay? That's what they look like, 2015, yeah. 2016. That's exactly what they look like. So not, nothing wrong with losing with losing that game to the Warriors. But for the Bulls, I think they're going to be around. Um, they have a nice core now of those three or four guys, um, you know, three of which they brought in in the offseason. They already had Zach Levine there. They got a nice core there. Lonzo Ball shooting the ball pretty pretty well. And, I mean, his progression, I don't know if it's – I don't know if it was, you know, the fact that his brother came into the league and just kind of took the lead by storm in his first year. But I can see improvement even from last year to this year in Lonzo Ball. Now, it could just be the fit, 
in the team that he's on now. You know what I mean? Maybe mm-hmm. this is just a better fit for him than was in New Orleans with the Pelicans and then obviously with the Lakers before that. But uh, Lonzo Ball's kind of coming into his own for me um, as far as Lego, and he's, he's, a, he's a really good defender. Um, he can shoot it a little bit now, and we know he's a, a really good floor general as far as point guard and running the offense, things like that. So I think the Bulls, yeah, they're, they're definitely going to be in the mix all year. It's going to be tough for them as far as – now you <clears throat> talked about how they lost to the Pacers. The way I look at that is like, okay, who – Seven-game series, who would you take in that series? Right, Bulls. yeah, both. Right? So Bulls. one loss on a, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever night, of Saturday night, whatever the night of the week it was that you went, one loss, you know, to them, that's fine. They're going to play them again, obviously, because they're in the same uh, division there. So they're going to play them a, a couple more times this year. So they'll they'll get them back eventually. But I'm just looking at it like, okay, in a seven-game series, the Bulls are going to win that series probably 4-1, 4-2. You know, it probably it shouldn't be too difficult as long as they got all their dogs out there to pull that sled. So, yeah, I think the Bulls are there. There can there can. I was all, I was always hesitant to call them even you know to call them contenders, but I'll say playoff contenders. I won't say they're contenders as far as for the championship. I don't know if they have enough to beat the uh, you know the Brooklyn's or the the now that the Bucks are getting healthy. Once the Bucks are healthy, I don't know if they have enough to beat them in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. as far as some of the other teams in the East, yeah, I think they're head and sh- shoulders, you know, above some of these other teams. And even if you put them, you know, you match them up maybe head to head with Washington, even though Bradley Bill would be the best player um, on the floor, mm-hmm. the Bulls might have the next two to three best players after that. Right. After, uh, and I like Spencer Dinwiddie a lot, but I would probably, I would take Zach Levine over him and I'd probably... Yeah, I might I might take um either um was it either um I would uh, take DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan. I mean from what DeMar DeRozan is doing this year now, the last couple of years he didn't look great, but what he's done this year so far, yeah, I would take DeMar DeRozan over Spencer Denway right now. So like I said, yeah, I would probably take the next couple of players after um Bradley Bill, you know, would be from the Bulls. So that's kind of how I look at it. Um the Bulls will be there. Three or four is a really good spot for them as far as being in the East. I think they should be there most of the season. And, yeah, they'll be in the playoffs, in my opinion. They will. I mean, they're still – the way they came out really kind of surprised me because we talked about it before the season. I wasn't that big on them, and you were. So Mm -hmm. I was wrong about that. I mean, they look really good. Now, they've come back to earth a little bit. But, again, they got like 60 games, 58 games left. So they're going to win a lot of them. They're going to win a lot of those this year. They just are because they're good. They're coached very well. And they're going to be in the mix, in my opinion. I got you. I got you. And, you know, going back to the Pacers game, first of all, it was the back end of the back-to-back. You know, they had a tough game against the Knicks. And that's always tough. Right. And then they didn't have Vucevic, who was probably the dancer to Sabonis and Turner, who were straight up torching the team. And with the Bulls in general, my only concern is – because I I love how the the team is built right now. Okay. I love – most of the pieces that they have. The only problem that I see with the team and which shows right now with Vucevic missing, they don't have a quality backup center. Okay. That, you know, and I don't know what's the answer to it necessarily. Like if they managed to somehow get JaVale McGee, you know, before the season, like instead of the Suns, them getting McGee, perfect fit, you know. How long so, is he out for Vucevic? How long is he out? 
Um, I think he was actually back today. Um, okay. yeah, I think yeah, yeah, he played today. Actually, okay. had a decent game so far, eleven okay. and twelve. Okay, can't can't complain. Not yeah. Bad. So, although they are losing by five to the Rockets right now, so that's a little alarming. They're down, but they were down by more a few minutes ago, right? Yeah, yeah. So and, it sounds know, like they're going to come back and win that. <laughs> right. It's not that. Well, yeah. That, that would be that would alarm me definitely more than you know the Pacers game. But yeah, I agree with you. I I feel like the the team definitely belongs. Um, it is hard to call them a legit contender. I I want to, you know, I I really do. Of course. But at the same time, you know, feeling like what you brought up playing against Milwaukee, like who's going to guard Giannis? I, I, I just, I don't have an answer to it. But you know what? When you, I mean, who, who really has anybody to guard Giannis though? Right? Well, who has anybody? I mean, the Nets don't want to have someone to guard. They, they just don't. I mean, but you got to have the rest around that can outdo the other guys. You know what I mean? That right. can kind of, you got to have someone to kind of match him. I don't know if the Bulls have, well, they don't have that level of star. At least the Nets have Kevin Durant. You know, that can kind of cancel Yanni. I'm not saying mm-hmm. he can guard, uh, but he can go, he can definitely go point for point with Giannis. He can do right. that all day. Now right. they'll cancel each other out. The Bulls don't have a guy that really cancels Giannis out. So so then that that's a lot of pressure, in my opinion. It's a lot of pressure on DeRozan and Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball to really be on their A game if they were to face the um to face the Bucks in the playoffs. Like there's no you can you they wouldn't be able to have a, a bad game. Yeah. They, they just, they'd have to pretty much almost be perfect, which is tough to be perfect for a seven game series. They would, they would just have to be. Okay. All right. So in conclusion for the Bulls, obviously, you know, the real playoff makers playoffs. Yeah. Oh, What's yeah. the ceiling for them in your opinion? <clears throat> ceiling. I, <clears throat> now I can see them. I give them an outside shot at the Easter conference finals, honestly. Okay. They would have, they would okay. have to get some. They they would need breaks though. They would kind of now look. The, the Bucks got breaks last year. Let's just be honest. Yeah, yeah. The Bucks got breaks. You're not wrong. You're not the wrong. Bucks. James Harden, he would, would he mess up his quad or his hamstring, and then um, both. Both. Kyrie <laughs> Irving missed you know the majority of that series for the most part. Right. Even if even if Harden is hurt and Kyrie's still there with his little crazy butt. They win, in my opinion, they still win that series against the Bucs. I'm just going to be honest. They win right, 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 right. So no, no, they, I hear you. They got some breaks, but that's to me, that's what the Bulls would need is to get some breaks. Not even necessarily someone being hurt, but they would just need to get some some breaks somehow. Maybe it's in, in as far as a matchup goes. Maybe maybe the uh, Nets and Bucks face up in the second round, you know what I mean, instead of uh, mm-hmm. being on the opposite side of the bracket. So they would need a, some breaks in there, but I think – Honestly, I can see them really getting to the second round and probably be out, you know, against. But, you know, give it a good go against the, the Nets, the um, Nets, the Bucks, or the Heat. We, can, we can't forget about the Heat. The Heat are up there, too. Can't forget about that. Yeah. I mean, he, he or the Nets are the only Eastern Conference teams I would take over the Bulls right now. So, really? It, okay. It's not crazy to assume the ceiling is the conference finals. No. So, no. yeah. No. Well, I'll tell you this. A- I'm definitely taking the Bulls over the Sixers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> As of right now, for sure. Nets. Yeah, it's a mess. Oh, I mean, God. even with the Nets, you can. I mean, the way the Nets are right now, I'm not. I'm not saying that's you know it's going to last, but who knows? Yeah. All right, the last team. Uh, we're going to switch it up to the Western Conference. Okay. Yeah, it's not the Lakers. 
Okay. All right. You go throw me a curveball here. Okay. It is going to be a curveball. And okay. It's not necessary of question the Fakers versus the real playmakers. This, this team is definitely going to make the playoffs. And, you know, looking at what the Western Conference looks like, including the play in, like there are no surprises there. there. There's not a single team that does not belong. Like Lakers might end up a little bit higher, you know, a little switch here and there. But if you look at the 10 teams in the play in, they all belong there. Yeah. yeah one team that I right want. Now. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a single team that doesn't belong there, right? Nah, I wouldn't say. Yeah, I mean, pretty much every team, you know, the top 10, you know, the Timberwolves are 10th right now, but outside of them, I would say all nine teams above them, I would expect to at least be in those top 10 spots. Right, right. That's the idea that I had when I looked at the Western Conference. I still really wanted to include a Western Conference team. I didn't want to include the Lakers, but it's, it's, you know. Yeah, everybody talks about it's it's an easy target. I, yeah. I want to have a different conversation. That's low hanging fruit. It is a low hanging fruit. <laughs> no, we, we don't go for those. Right? We jump high. <laughs> so the team I want to talk about, Golden State Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, okay, hear me out. Hear, hear, me, hear me, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> I, I said it. I said it before I named them. You know, I, I know they're gonna make the playoffs. Obviously, right. Uh, they are the great team. It's not up for discussion. But 15 and 2. Yeah. Second offensively. First defensively in the league. That's the key. It, it are they just taking advantage of like them knowing the recipe and just applying what they've been doing for years before and kind of like, you know, piling up this wins while other teams trying to figure it out or are they that great, in your opinion? Honestly, I think it's both. I really okay. think it's I think it's both because I think one, they're taking advantage of the entire almost the entire league and you know people like us that do podcasts and radio shows and on people on TV, people that write about it, <clears throat> writing them off. I mean, honestly, they've got a chip on their shoulder. They do. They have a chip on their shoulder. I grew up in the Bay Area. I still got sources back there. I got friends back there. They have a chip on their shoulder, okay? Mm -hmm. Because they, they've been written off. Like everyone said, not everyone, but a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, <clears throat> Dynasty's over. Kevin Durant left. Clay's out for two years. It's over. They hadn't really drafted anyone that had been really good yet. You know, Jordan Poole starting to come on. Hopefully when James Wiseman gets back, he'll um, start to kind of round out and we'll see what he can really do. <clears throat> but a lot of people have written them off in – they're 15 and two now after 17 games, the best record in the league. And I mean, they haven't skipped a beat. Like you said, they're second in scoring. They're first in, def in defensive efficiency in the league. Mm -hmm. And I said this a little while ago, they look like they looked before. Now it was a little bit different crew, obviously, but they look almost identical to how they played before Kevin Durant got there they, because that's how they had to play. It's all about ball movement with them. I think they're also first, at least they were first in assists for like the first 10 games or so. They're probably still top two or three, I would say, because they average like almost 30 assists a night. So how could they not be top in assists, right? But it's all about mm -hmm. ball movement with them. It's all about ball movement. So yeah, I think it is one, they are really good. Yeah, they're taking advantage of some of these teams they're playing early, but I mean, they've also beat some good teams. So they beat the Lakers already. Um, people expect the Lakers to be good. Um, they beat the Nets. I mean, they they really put it on the Nets too. Like that wasn't even close. Yeah, that wasn't like, close. That game wasn't close. 
by, by the way, even... yeah. By the way, still first in still first in this year. I, I checked real quick. They, they, are, they are still first in this. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. So they're still so they're first in assists, second in uh, scoring offense, mm-hmm. and then they're first in defensive efficiency. Right. I mean, if that's not the recipe to at least contend for a title, I don't know what is. You, oh, it definitely is. You yeah. got to tell me that team is good. And here's the thing. Clay is not back yet. Obviously, we don't know what Clay's going to look like, but I'm hearing a lot. I'm reading a lot, seeing video. He's looking pretty good in practice. He's he's back, you know, he's getting some five-on-five work in. They expect him back probably by that week of Christmas. So before the Christmas Day game, I think they played the Suns on Christmas, mm-hmm. which is going to be, you know, another big game. And because the Suns kind of quietly are in second place right behind them, the Suns are on a game behind them. So, I mean, right. that might be the class of the West right there, the Suns mm-hmm. and the Warriors. So, but yeah, the Warriors, they are, I mean, whatever you want to call it, they're legit. They're for real. I caught it, you know, and yeah, I'm going to toot my own horn. Cause you know, I had some <laughs> folks tell me I was tripping, not you, but some folks told me I was tripping. Even some folks that I work with on, on my staff that I write for told me I was tripping, picking the Warriors to contend. And all I did was pick them to contend in the West, like, you know, make it to the Western conference finals and be okay. in the mix for that. That's what I did before the season. And but now look at them like, it's, yeah. it's, you know, we got a long way to go, obviously, but I don't see them falling that far off to where they still can't be in the mix is what I'm saying. That That's all yeah. I'm saying. They look I good. It. I mean, there's no way around it. They look good right now. They look great. They look great. And before the season, the conversation was seven seed, AC, oh, maybe yeah. six. Oh, yeah. And, you know, seeing what we're seeing now, now with the success that they've been having, as you said, Clay is not back yet. No. Meisman is not playing. You know, let's say they get Wiseman back, they get Clay back, and Clay is more or less the same old Clay. Now they become a little bit overloaded, which might not be a problem, but this is my question to you. Yeah. So they, they have Jordan Poole who's been falling yeah. out. You know, they get Clay back, Wiseman, Wiggins, a lot of pieces. Now, for them competing for the championship, are they just relying on the crazy depth <laughs> that they have and potentially get some guys upset? Because, you know, like Jordan Poole, I mean, get him on, let's say, the Wizards, and he, he would put up like 25 points per game the way he's playing right now. You know what I'm saying? And would you still try to push that agenda, or would you try to maybe combine some of those guys who have been overachieving a little bit and try to package him for something else to improve the core? I'm not touching this team. Okay. <laughs> I like, I'll be honest with you. I like Jordan Poole a lot. I, I liked him last season, you know, late in the year, I noticed him coming along, you know, once it got kind of closer to the playoff push playoff run, they didn't make it. They lost in the uh, playing obviously, but I can see him improving. So I was expecting to see a little more out of him this season after, I think that was his second year in the league last year, I believe. So mm-hmm. I was expecting to see more out of him this season, especially knowing that they would need to depend on him until clay got back. I knew that going in. You still got Andrew Wiggins. Okay. Andrew Wiggins, you know, when Clay comes, and and you you talked about Clay, you know, assume, let's assume he comes back as the same old Clay. He don't have to be the same old Clay. He could be 85% of what he once was. For me, I think that's enough. Honestly, I think that would be enough because they don't, they don't have one player that they have to rely on to have the ball in his hands all the time. We talked about the ball movement, talk about how they lead the league and assists, you know, per game and all this stuff like that. So they're very predicated on getting the ball around, getting easy shots. When you have 
Stephen Curry, you have Clay Thompson. Other guys are going to get the wide open shots. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Guys are because once Clay gets back, I mean, now it's already that people are keyed in on Steph and Steph is still killing them, right? Mm-hmm. Once Clay gets back and he gets a few games in, if he still looks really good and he's, he should still have his stroke, you know, as a shooter, if you're a shooter, that don't really go nowhere. No matter what happens, you still, right. you still should be able to shoot the ball, right? Once people get a taste of that, guys like Poole and Wiggins, they're going to have so many open jump shots, it's just going to be ridiculous. So they yep. should still continue to flow the way they do. They're already, you talked about the depth, they're already going, I think, even without Clay and Wiseman um, out there, they're already going like 9-10 deep on a regular basis. You know, and by 9-10 deep, I mean, some nights they got like eight guys in double-figure minutes. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's really going into the depth of your bench, in my opinion. I mean, you, that's, I mean, it, it doesn't get much better than that. They got nights when they just, you know, let the, um, the second crew come out and kind of just take care of the, you know, the third quarter, whatever it is, whenever they push the lead ahead on most teams, they got the second crew that can come out. And while Steph is out, not lose a lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's only to their advantage when you get to playoff time, because now they got outside of the core. This is a young team outside of Steph, outside of uh, Draymond Green, outside of Clay and, and Andre Iguodala, who they brought back this season. Outside of those four, this is a really young team. OK, mm-hmm. so they're doing a great job of blending the young with the older, with, you know, the, the core group that was there for the championships. And now you got these newer kids in here that are learning how to be professionals, how to play the professional game on the NBA level. And it's all just it's just working well, meshing well together. I mean, this may be one of Steve Kerr's, honestly, one of his best coaching jobs, honestly, even though he, he does still have stars there. But the way they're going about it with the mixture of the young and the old, I'm just I'm, I'm kind of amazed by it that their record is so good so far because nobody really saw their I didn't even see the record being this good. I thought they'd be towards the top of the conference, but not 15 and two. I thought, you know, after, you know, 50, after 17 games, 20 games, you know, maybe 12, you know, 12 and eight or, you know, maybe 15 or something like that. But they're 15 and two right now. So, right. I mean, they're they're even surprising me, even though I thought they would do good coming into the season. And I picked right. them. So, I mean, yeah, I'm just I'm kind of amazed at what they're doing right now. And I think they can keep it up and will. OK, no, I hear you. And I, personally, I agree as well. You know, I wouldn't really try to sacrifice what they doing in favor of getting another star. No, um, it's they don't want I probably don't want to get burned again because. In the way, that's what they did before with Kevin Durant. And obviously, <laughs> when you can get Kevin Durant, it's, it's different. But, you know, yeah, sacrificing your depth to get in a star, you can get burned that way as well. So, And, and that's the thing. They had so much depth before him. But, I mean, and like you said, if you got a chance to get Kevin Durant, I get it. But, I, I, mean, they, I mean, I get it. I mean, let's just be honest. I get it. But there's only a couple guys that you're going to just basically throw all your depth away for. Durant's mm-hmm. one of them. There ain't a lot of other guys. I, I don't want like a second level star. You know what I mean? If I got to get right. rid of all my depth and we're already playing well, I don't want that. You know, and I'm not going to name names, but I don't want, I want a top level star. You know what I mean? I want that top level star guy to come in because you're going to need that if you're getting rid of all your depth. And now you can really only go about seven deep when before you could go 10 or 11 deep. Right. On a nightly basis. So no, no, I'm not touching this team. Me and my buddy that's still in the Bay Area, one of my best friends, we talk about this all the time. We text about it all the time. He's a big Warriors fan. 
he was asking the other day, I was like, man, I wouldn't touch this team, dog. Like, why would you touch this team? Like, mm-hmm. why? They, it's not like they're struggling. They're not hovering at 500, okay? These dudes are 13 games over 500. Yeah. Why I'm not touching that. I'm not touching it. No. Yeah. No. You don't need to. <laughs> they are the only team in the league that you look at right now is like, no, that makes sense. Everything that they do makes sense. You know, yeah. and I brought them into this conversation for the fun of it. You know, obviously they're a great team. Yeah. But yeah, out of every other team in the league, they look like they know what they're doing. And it's right. Not, it's not random. <laughs> like it's it's according to the plan. And that's it's a lot of fun to watch as well. Yeah. I mean, how like, I don't know. It's just it, 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 it's still a little bit amazing to me to see them doing this well. Um, but like you said, they look like they're not, they're not, other people might be surprised, but they're not surprised. It's like, they knew they had this coming into the season, what they're showing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're exactly. not surprised at all. We may be a little surprised, but they're not surprised at this. And they're just going to keep going. They're going to get Clay back going to get James Wiseman back. And it's just going to be tough in the West. I mean, I would still take them over the Suns, but the Suns look damn good too. I can't be mad. I mean, I, I can't really say anything bad about the Suns because they look damn good too. They're only a game mm-hmm. behind the Warriors. So, I mean, they may be on a collision course right now in the West. They just might be. Okay. Okay. So one last question, yeah. you know, for, for the episode and about the Warriors as well. So, okay. With the West, Suns is probably the biggest threat. Coming out of the East, who is the biggest threat to the Warriors? Ooh, out of the East. Out of the East. In the final, potentially in the finals matchup. Potentially in the finals. Ooh. Damn. That's a tough one. I mean, I want to say the Nets, but I'll be honest, without Kyrie, I don't know if they really have a shot with the Warriors. I just don't. I mean, as great as Kevin Durant is, I don't think they have the depth uh, in New in almost in New Jersey and uh in Brooklyn to deal with the Warriors in the playoffs in the seven game series. I just don't think they have it. Um, I would probably say the Heat. In my opinion, okay. I mean, I, he got to okay. stay healthy. I mean, the Heat have a lot. The Heat, the Heat have a few guys that tend to get hurt, but in uh, Victor Oladipo still not back, right? Right. I was about to say that. Yeah. Victor Oladipo still yeah. not back. So I mean, they got to stay healthy, and when he comes back, they got to keep him healthy, because I think if they can keep him healthy, they're gonna be, they're gonna reel off. They're gonna if, if if he comes back and is healthy and can still do, you know, most of what he used to be able to do. They're, they're going to go on a tear to where they reel off like 10 or 11 in a row. That's what I feel from the Heat. But again, you know, they got Jimmy Butler who gets nicked up here and there. Um, so also, so they got to stay healthy. I mean, same thing with um, Kyle Lowry. You know, he's like, what is he, 36? So they, they, they got to stay healthy, you know, try to stay healthy. But if they can, I think I could see them potentially giving the Warriors a run for their money should they meet in the finals. Okay. No, it's not a bad take at all. I, yeah. I, see, I, I like that. I like that he didn't take the, the easy way out with the Nets, <laughs> you know, because I mean, it, it's a, yeah, the Nets, I just I think they miss. I think they really miss Kyrie Irving, honestly. Yeah, my thing as far as that pick, goes. Yeah, I wouldn't pick Miami. I would probably pick Milwaukee. OK, just be- I, I thought about them, too. I thought about them, too. For me personally, it's the it's the whole thing of like. You know what's the answer to Giannis? Yeah, and and, and that's you know that's a that's a question for a lot of teams in, in this league. Yeah. Now, you know Miami is is definitely a good pick with the Nets, especially without Kyrie. I feel like 
they have an answer for Draymond. I mean, uh, for Kevin Durant, they have Draymond. He, he's going to get to his, his head. Like, because if you can see PJ Tucker get into Kevin Durant last yeah. season in the playoffs, yeah, Draymond's going to tear him up. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, Very mentally. True. And, and not against KD. He's a great player. You know, it's hard to stop him. But yeah. I'm just saying, they got the recipe. No, I, th- I think they do. <clears throat> I really think they do. And now you're, I think the, the Bucks is a good pick, too. The Bucks are a good pick. Um, I had a buddy, a buddy of mine. He also does a podcast. <clears throat> My buddy, um, he's from the Bay, but he, I know him from out in, when I stayed in Portland. He's big on the Bucks. I mean, he he's picking the Bucks to repeat this year. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, I don't see them doing that well. I just don't. I even told him if they play Miami again in the playoffs, I'm taking Miami over the Bucks. I picked them last year and I was wrong. Then obviously they beat them, you know, in the bubble uh, last, you know, the season before. But mm-hmm. if the Heat and the Bull, and I'm sorry, the Heat and the uh, Bucks were to meet up again in the playoffs for the third year in a row, basically, I'm taking the Heat again. I, I just am. I'm, I'm taking the Heat. Um, I just think the Heat have enough. They retooled enough to be able. And I mean, you know, now, you know, Tyler Heroes really come on as, you know, coming off the bench as a sixth man. I just think, and, and again, if they get Old Depot back, I think they have enough to deal with the Bucks. Now, it's going, they're going to have hell. They're going to catch hell dealing with Giannis. I get it. <laughs> I get it. They're going to catch hell. But if they can, you know, kind of limit the others, in my opinion, I think they'll be fine. I, I think they'll right. be fine because because after Giannis, they can match them player for player, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They just can't. I mean, even even with uh, you get down to Kyle Lowry and Drew Holiday. All right, I can yeah. I can match that. I, I can match that there. That's for a the matchup. Moment, for, the, for that's a good matchup right there for me. And then you got Chris Middleton and Jimmy Butler. <laughs> okay, I can okay. match that there. That's I can fair. match that. So yeah. All right, all right. Well, that's all I want to talk talk about today. I appreciate you coming on the show. That was Always. a lot of fun. Yeah. Anytime, you, anytime you need me, just let me know. I, you know, I'm always down to talk hoop with you, so it's all good. I got you. It's always a great combo. All right. Uh, last thing before I go, tell my listeners how to find you in the social. All right. Social media, you can find me at Chris Partee. That's C-R-I-S-S-P-A-R-T-E-E, at Chris Partee on Twitter and Instagram. Um, like I said, mentioned earlier also, I'm a writer for Deadspin, so – you go to Deadspin, find some of my articles there. I do NBA articles, NFL articles for the most part weekly. Do some other things too, some boxing and things as well. But you'll catch me doing a lot of NBA articles for uh, Deadspin. And as the season goes along, that will definitely increase. So, yeah, there, there we go. At Chris Party, Twitter, Instagram. All right. What's your podcast called? Oh, <laughs> I forgot about my own <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I completely forgot. It's called The Courtside Crossover with Chris Party. That one you can find. Um, I put I posted up on uh, IG and um, Twitter as well, but that one you can find on the full press coverage app or at the full press coverage website. Uh, that's fullpresscoverage.com. And again, the courtside crossover with Chris Partee. All right, there we go, man. Once again, appreciate appreciate you for coming up. Thank you for everybody who was listening to this one. I'll see you guys next time. Remember, you can't get any closer to basketball than courtside. <laughs>